Good morning. I'm glad you chose to join us this morning. As I'm fond of saying, I know there are many places you can be on a Sunday morning. And whether you're joining us digitally or physically, we welcome you. We want you to know that we're glad that you're here. Before we get started this morning, I want to take just a minute to uh, pump up something that uh, is is coming up in the in the new year. Um, I'm going to be starting a new series called Belong. And uh, we're going to go through a few key verses in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to talk about how God created you to belong, and, and how church is an integral part of that, and how you belong in a community, and how you were made to belong in a family, and how you were made to, to belong as part of a body, and, and finally, how you were made to belong in the church. And so I hope you'll be uh, planning to join us for the, the first four Sundays of January as we uh, kind of refocus and redirect on our sense of belonging. Now, as we're winding up here with our Thrill of Hope series, it's, it's sad because I didn't get to hit any after Christmas sales. I'm a big fan of the after Christmas sale. Um, I like to go and last year I replaced all my lights and I, I was able to to do a bunch of that stuff and uh, I, I dig around and, and find all these things that are that are uh, so important uh, a little bit before um, last year we were uh, in Walmart and I was digging through some stuff and there was a guy next to me doing the same thing and uh, you know, you're digging through all this stuff, and it's kind of sad because before Christmas, all this stuff was very, very important. But now, after Christmas, it's all half off or less, and everybody's just digging through it like a rummage sale. And this guy looks at me and goes, uh, kind of makes you wonder what difference any of it makes, doesn't it? And you know, I thought about that because I think it's easy to feel that way. It's easy to come off of Christmas and, and you know, you, you went out of your way and, and you spent way too much money and, and you tracked down and you searched forever in stores or online and you, you tracked that package and you got it in and, 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 or you fought that, that Black Friday uh, stuff or, or uh, you, you uh, had to order and reorder and back order. And, but you finally get that thing, that toy that your kid wants so much and you put it under the tree and you wait for Christmas morning and, and they come in and they unwrap it and they get the toy and then they play with the box. And you kind of go, what difference does it really make? You know, there are lots of people who feel like that this week. As, as Christmas is over and we're kind of moving into the new year, moving into life getting back to normal, it, it's easy to feel that way. Christmas is over, and it was sweet, and it was pretty. There were candlelight services and nativity scenes. There were, there were Christmas cards and, and joy to the world. But then the real world creeps back in. We've got to go back to life. That's what happens to Mary and Joseph as well. When we pick up their story in Luke chapter 2, the real world has started to creep back in. If you have your Bibles this morning... Luke chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Let's stop right there. Because for Mary and Joseph, just like for us, the real world is starting to crash back in. 
the, the angels and the shepherds and the stars and the visions, it's all gone, and, and we're back to real life. Uh, according to the law in Leviticus 12, a new mother was unclean for seven days. It was 14 if it was a girl, but for a boy, Mary would have been unclean for seven days. After seven days, she's still in isolation. She can't come into contact with anything holy. She can't go to church. She can't go to the temple. It's not allowed. And so for, for an additional 33 days, she would still be excluded. But, but she does have to undertake her own purification ritual. She has to bring a sacrifice of a lamb as a sin offering. Now, in, in the case of extreme poverty, when they could not afford a lamb, they could bring a, a young pigeon or, or a turtle dove. And that's what we see happening with Mary right here. She is in that abject poverty. She can't afford a lamb. She can't afford to do the real sacrifice. So she's doing the minimum that she can do under the law. She is coming to the temple to fulfill her religious duty, going through the purification process. She is moving out of Christmas and back into real life, the real world. It's a hard existence, that, that poverty, struggling to, to make ends meet, to put food on the table. There's, there's, in addition to the religious rituals, there were the Roman taxes. You had to pay taxes to Rome on a firstborn son. And you had a year to pay that, but if you did not pay that at the end of the year, it doubled every 30 days until it was paid. And if it was not paid, eventually they would come and take the father and put him in prison. That was the legal requirement. There was religious requirements as well. A, a boy was required to be circumcised and named after eight days. That would require a religious ceremony and another sacrifice. Then 30 days later, there would be the purification process. That would be a, a sacrifice and another religious ceremony. And so another trip from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to fulfill their religious duty. And Joseph has got to be wondering, kind of makes, makes you wonder what difference it all makes. What difference does Christmas make? What difference does the birth of Jesus make? Well, thousands of years later, after he lived and died, we are still talking about Jesus and him coming in that small town in Judea. He is still influencing the world around us. That's significant. No other, uh, no other individual, no matter what you believe about Jesus, whether you believe he is the Son of God or whether you believe he is not, you cannot deny that he was such an important individual that all of history is divided by before him and after him. That's significant. H.G. Wells once wrote, more than 1,900 years later, a historian like myself, who doesn't even call himself a Christian, finds the picture centering irresistibly around the life and character of this most significant man. The historian's test of an individual's greatness is what did he leave to grow? Did he start men thinking along fresh lines with a vigor that persisted after him? By this test, Jesus stands first. What difference does Christmas make? Well, one-third of all people on the planet claim to be Christians. 
historian Yaroslav Pelikan wrote, regardless of what anyone personally thinks or believes about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the single most dominant figure in the history of Western culture for over 20 centuries. What difference does Christmas make? Well, followers of Jesus are the ones reaching out. They're the ones ministering to the poor, the downtrodden, the neglected, the rejected, those who have nowhere else to turn. During Jesus' time, there was always an air of revolt. There was always a, another Messiah who was, who was coming up. People claiming to be the Messiah was not uncommon. They would spring up all the time. And, and I would ask, can you name another upstart Messiah from that time? Well, it's not a test. It's not a trick question. I can't either. Nobody can. Because many of them, their names didn't even survive. But Jesus' name did survive. People remember Jesus. What difference does Christmas make? Well, you don't find people lying in their bed trying to remember the name of an upstart Messiah or trying to call on the name of a Roman emperor, but you find people talking about Jesus. What difference does Christmas make? Well, before Jesus, there was no childhood, not as we know it. There were children, but children were non-entities. In Roman society, you know, we talk about our problem with abortion in our country. In Roman society, children could be murdered up to 10 days after birth legally. You could still kill your child even after 10 days after they were born. So when a rabbi such as Jesus shows up and says, unless you change and become like children, you have no place in the kingdom. That's huge. It was revolutionary. When, when uh, Jesus shows up and says, let the children come unto me for to such as these, belongs the kingdom of God. That's revolutionary because children had no voice, children had no say, children had no place in society, but that's one of the differences that Jesus makes. He also changed the world by the way people relate to, to children. You know, you never see the uh, atheist, there is no God children's home because those don't exist. Jesus made children important. And that carries over today, whether you're a believer or not. What difference does Christmas make? Well, before Jesus, the sick and the afflicted were rejected. They were ostracized. They were pushed out. There were no hospitals. There were no treatment facilities. Culture dictated that the sick be shunned. They be sent out of the village. If you became seriously ill, you went to live outside the village. And you didn't have contact with others. You, you were shunned spiritually, physically, emotionally until you either got better or died. Jesus changed that. Jesus touched the lepers. He didn't shy away from blood. He, he, he wasn't scared of illness. Now, you can't drive through a town without seeing a, a, a St. Luke's or, or a, a Nazarene or a Baptist hospital. You, you, you don't see the uh, 
Buddha Temple Memorial Hospital or the Hail Allah Muhammad Muslim Life Center. You don't see those because Jesus makes a difference in how the world relates to sick people. What difference does Christmas make? Well, before Jesus, women were property. A woman we've talked about not long ago in our series on Luke, women had no rights, women had no say, women had no voice apart from a man in their life, whether it be their father or their husband or their sons. Yet Jesus loved women. He valued them and treated them with the same respect that he would show anyone else. He allowed women to travel with him. He allowed women to sit and learn as disciples. That's unheard of. Women were not allowed to have education of any type, especially religious education. He allowed women to support his ministry financially. That was unheard of. A common prayer that was publicly spoken by rabbis at the time was, thank you, God, for not making me a Gentile or a woman. We have absolutely no record of Jesus ever saying anything remotely close to that. After Jesus, attitudes toward women began to change. Even today, you go through the world and you look at places where women's rights are starting to, to blossom, and it's because Christianity has come to that country. That's a difference Jesus makes. And that difference is not limited to Christmas. Baby Jesus is cute. Baby Jesus is sweet. Baby Jesus is gentle. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. That's what we sing because that Jesus is non-threatening. That Jesus is never going to ask you to deny yourself. That Jesus is never going to say, uh, give up yourself and follow me. Die to yourself and follow me. Sweet little eight pound, six ounce, doesn't even know a word yet. Newborn baby Jesus is not going to ask you to leave behind everything that is valuable to you or to give it all away to the poor. Let's pick up our text again. Verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. So they're coming into the temple to do what must be done according to the law. And as they walk in, this crazy old man shows up out of nowhere. And he picks the baby up from Mary's arms and he begins to pray to God and, and talk crazy stuff. He begins to sing this crazy song and, and to speak out loud this crazy prophecy. Lord, now you're going to let me die in peace. And, and the parents are like the guy at Walmart going, wait, 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 what, what happened to Christmas? What? What's going on? Why are we talking about dying all of a sudden? Where did that come from? Can, can't we go back to the manger? Can't we go back to sweet baby Jesus? Can't we 
Because the real world comes crashing in. Death comes crashing in. There are some of you here this morning who've experienced that this season. My family experienced that this year. That despite all the trappings of the holidays, despite everything seeming to be on pause for a week, death still intrudes. Christmas is hard. And it's hard to understand what difference any of it makes. It's hard to rationalize in your head what difference does any of this make. Look at verse 27. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Now, what are they doing? Well, according to Jewish law, along with the purification ritual, the father had to do a specific religious ritual himself. He had to go and buy back the child from the Lord. Because of the exodus, Jews believed that every firstborn male belonged to God. And so part of the religious ritual was that the father had to come and buy back the child from God for five shekels of silver. And so Joseph is bringing Jesus to the temple to be redeemed. And when he meets Simon, Simeon, Simeon says, it's not like that. This child, he's the redemption. You're not coming to redeem this child. This child is coming to earth to redeem us. The light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. You want to know what difference Christmas makes? The gift of hope. The gift of salvation, the gift of redemption. If your Christmas is only about Santa and Frosty, then you're right. It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Because there are forces that Santa can't compete with. But Jesus can. Jesus redeems us from the tyranny of sin and death. And so even when death horns in on your Christmas, even when death seems to rear up its ugly head and show its power, Christmas makes a difference because the Word was made flesh and made His dwelling among us. And He came to redeem us, to buy us back. Simeon says, death is no longer this great specter hanging over us. It's welcome. It's a relief. Now your servant can depart in peace because death's no longer something to fear. After Christmas, nothing will ever be the same. But don't leave him in the manger. See, baby Jesus is sweet, but baby Jesus can't save you. Baby Jesus brings good tidings. Baby Jesus brings silent night, holy night. But only resurrected Jesus can redeem you. What difference does Jesus make? What difference does Christmas make? What difference does the coming of the Christ make? Redemption, salvation, 
a light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. And, and he can redeem us too. This morning, if you feel like, what difference does any of this make? The good news is that you can be redeemed. The good news is that because of, of, of what happened in Galilee, what happened in, in, in that manger centuries ago, because of that that we celebrate, you can be redeemed. Jesus came to buy you back, to buy you back, to redeem you. This morning, you have to decide whether you're going to accept that. Are you going to be redeemed? Are you willing to accept his salvation? Because the difference Christmas makes is hope. Hold on to that hope. Accept that hope. Come do it right now as we...